To the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 219. My name is Brando. Coming up a little bit later on in the podcast, Donnie V, formerly of Enough's Enough, and he has new music out. He's been very busy in quarantine, but and I'm excited to talk to him. We had Chips Enough on you know, a while ago, and there are some cool ties between Enough's Enough and, and GNR. And uh, first up, before we get to anything, I don't want to forget to thank Krista Makes from Less Than Jake, who helped me put this interview together with Donnie. Donnie was on his podcast, Chris DeMakes, a podcast. <laughs> it's just a beautiful, perfect name. Uh, but speaking of, I guess, podcasts, which was the cool thing to do now. I the, the guy who got me into podcasting is my co-host today, my old co-host, but current friend, my dear Ian. Ian Scotto, <laughs> what's going on, buddy? No, it was an awesome intro. Nothing much. And, and full disclosure for the audience, if you hear wind or anything, I'm walking around. It's just a really nice day outside, enjoying these uh, New York fall vibes, I guess. But yeah, it was like, oh, I've, I've been doing so much um, voiceover and podcast stuff, actually, and like writing inside my house that I'm like, all right, it's nice to get some sunlight. I don't blame you. I was outside briefly, and uh, I was wearing my... I posted pictures of it, my brand new Golden Robots uh, Records uh, sweatshirt. I want to give uh, Mark Alexander Erber a uh, shout-out, CEO of Golden Robot, and he sent me a, an, a sweatshirt all the way from Australia where they're based. And, of course, if you forget, Dizzy's on the label, Hookers and Blow, you know, Frank uh, with his band Pisser, Gilby Clark's on there. So it's a great label. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's sweatshirt weather. I walk outside today in New York. I'm like, I start sweating. So, <laughs> so yeah, de- I definitely it enjoy cool. it. I'm, I'm very, uh, probably stereotypical of me. I'm wearing a docking tooth and nail hoodie. Jeez, you're wearing a docking hoodie. <laughs> I love docking. They, they are, they're great, man. <laughs> wow. We, we missed you. You're the only person I can ever talk docking about or want to talk docking. It, it, it just comes I, out hey, at the end. I think of bands of that era, I'm, I may say, uh, I, I think they're the most underrated, honestly. They're up there. I um, And this is why I, I wanted to reach out to you for this episode, because, of course, Enough is Enough and uh, is from that era and there's uh, plenty of me for us to bounce off of each other and have a good conversation with with Donnie. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, you're uh, – it's, it's again, with, with Doc and it just I, I still remember, you know, we were talking about the early episodes about your trip to – was it, it was South Dakota? South Dakota. Yeah, so um, I admire it. And it was a recent, it made me think of Axel, actually. It was a recent quote by Don Dockin about how he doesn't give a shit about what people think about his voice. Yeah, or the performance. But the, And I got why, because he apparently was, um, I mean, he's battling like a few different things right now. He's, he's not in like great health. So I know. So like, hey, I'm, I'm giving it my all. And, you know, if, if that's not enough for you, fuck off type of thing. I know, and I support that, especially if he's, uh, you know, battling stuff. But I, I've, you know, we can we'll go back and listen to our own conversations earlier on in the podcast about Axel's voice and David Lee Roth's voice and 
It's Axel and you know what Axel and David Lee Roth though I I personally think still sound pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, just being objective, whatever reason or not, you know, John does not sound very good. It's much like you know John Bon Jovi when I watch him. Like there's certain guys where you know Paul Stanley when he's not lifting, like certain guys just don't have it anymore. I think Axel a lot of times it's people just giving him kind of crap. You know, yeah, he is off nights, but he he still I, I certainly think he still has it. It was recently the fourth anniversary of when I got to see Axel DC at uh, Madison Square Garden, and that night proved it. I was six feet away from him. It was rasp for for an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it was, and it was amazing. But I just meant Axel's voice or David Lee Roth's voice, not as far as my critique. I saw Van Halen. I saw, you know, I see Guns N' Roses, and I enjoy myself, but it's just the... You know what we call trolls out there, and, and if people don't look or sound like they do in their twenties, you know, God forbid. So that's why I, I love the fact that Chips Enough is making music, and uh, Donnie V is making music, and Donnie still sounds youthful. So maybe this doesn't apply yeah. to him, but just in general, it just bothers me, you know, because we're losing so many uh, aging rockers, or you know, there's so many rockers from the '80s that are putting out great music now, and they're just being dismissed. So it's just yeah, more and, of getting I, around that, yeah. I, yeah, I've been thinking about the fact that we don't know how long it's going to be until we can see, especially stadium shows again. You know, club shows will be one thing, but, you know, till Guns N' Roses could fill a stadium, Aerosmith could fill a stadium, that type of thing. And it just makes me wonder if it's, who knows? It could be five years down the line. Uh, someone who's in their 70s, like Steven Tyler, you know, he might be like, all right, it's time for me to call it quits. Like, I, I would hate to say it, but there's a possibility you may never see those bands again. I, know. I hope not. I know. It, it's very scary. Um, maybe we'll talk about this later on after we speak to Donnie, but, you know, it's it's artists that are suffering. It's people in our profession, the radio profession, that are suffering. Um, it, it's, it's very difficult. So <laughs> to kind of maybe lighten it a little bit, I don't know if this this uh, if this is I shouldn't say lighten it because I've gotten a few comments saying this was a, a depressing quiz or a depressing poll. <laughs> so I just put it out there, and if, as I always say, yes, this is a podcast. This isn't live, but I try to make it as live as possible. So as we're recording this, this is a Tuesday, December. Excuse me, September. I'm getting ahead of myself. Twenty second, uh, September twenty second, and I put up a, a poll just yesterday. Uh, so what is Axel Rose currently doing? because GNR would be on tour right now. So what is he doing? Is he writing? Is he recording? Is he strategizing album promo? Or nothing? <laughs> and, uh, well, you, you saw the quiz. I, I, I don't want to you know, ask you a question if you kind of know the answer, but do you know what is leading the way right now of those answers? No, I haven't, I haven't seen the results. All right, so at this time, there's, there are more than 300 people that have voted. 70% wow. right now say nothing, that he's doing nothing. I mean... That would have been my vote. Uh, I mean, there, of course, I'm sure there are people that, that are in there that are joking. I got joking comments. Oh, he's just eating Taco Bell. You know, but uh, I can't imagine. like the, He had all this block of time to be busy on the road that he's doing nothing. And it's just... And, and, but, you yeah. know what, though? But when I think doing nothing, it doesn't necessarily mean like, you know, sitting around watching Netflix or something. Right. Like, he could just be enjoying other things that he likes. You know, like, sure. for example, I, I heard this from someone who, um, they weren't a part of, like, Axel's inner circle or anything, but I think they, 
I, I don't remember the connection, to be honest, because I heard this years ago. But I heard that Axel was really big into knife collecting, apparently, like pocket knives. And okay. Stuff. So he has he has certain hobbies that I'm sure have nothing to do with music. You know that he might be the same thing as um, I said to you before we recorded. Like you're seeing Nikki Six going out fishing with his mm. family. Who would have ever known that that's something Nikki Six is into? But you know, it's it, now is the time to like explore these other hobbies. The cantor and Axel hasn't, you know, as far as we know, recorded new music in, well, like nearly a decade. So, you know, that's a fair point. And I would support him doing nothing if it's something like just him enjoying his life. That, that, go for it. Because I, I still, by the believe, way, am yeah. I wrong? Is it, it's over a decade, right? It's so crazy. Chinese Democracy came out in 2008. Uh, we, so, yeah. we did get that uh, <laughs> Rock the Rock song. On Luna, the Looney Tunes, but I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's sort to count that. Yeah, but we. By the way, I will yeah. go into my car. I'm going to walk to my car because it's getting windier. I apologize. Um, all good. You know, I'm, I'm, maybe one day I'll start doing the podcast outside and, and take this on the road when it's appropriate. <laughs> That's something that sucks. I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I was talking to. Uh, the, the few times I leave my apartment because I don't go to work anymore. Obviously, I'm, I'm recording my. Uh, my podcast at home with my equipment, but I, at the time I went in a few weeks ago for the first time since March to uh, to be the backup, uh, the fill-in producer for Q1043's uh, morning show, and <laughs> and so that's the only time again I, that I leave. But I was talking to the program director, and I guess laughed to myself thinking like this could have happened, and this was like back in. March, February, I'm like, oh, well, Guns N' Roses, you know, they're you know, smashing pumpkins July. What do you think about, you know, us setting a, up a tent? You know, maybe I do a live podcast from there, you know, who knows, maybe backstage. And he's like, hmm, not a bad idea. You know, follow up with me early summer. Obviously, that never happened. So that's something that yeah. was uh, an idea that I, I really wish could have came to fruition. But um, it is. So what, what was the last concert you saw? Oh, it's an interesting question. And this is actually, um, I think, like, way out of left field. It was so much fun. Um, I saw Starship okay. at Mohegan Sun, It was and it was great. It was, like, probably a month before the pandemic. Is that one of the, uh, you know, down the line of Jefferson Starship airplane uh, bands? Yes. Okay. The Jefferson Airplane, Jefferson Starship, Starship. And actually, the band touring now is called Mickey Thomas's Starship. It's another one of those like trademark issues, I think. Um, but yeah, they're the ones who did "We Built This City" and "Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now" and oh, Sarah. And it was a great time. "We Built This City" reminds me, and, and maybe you remember because I, I know we both went to Hofstra. Uh, we didn't meet at college; we met after the fact. But do you yep, remember the bar? Do you do you remember the bar McKeebs? I don't know if it's still yeah. open. Uh, I mean, I don't think so, but yeah, I, I hated going to college bars, you know, especially <laughs> long, long Island. It's just like a step uh, beneath going to a Jersey shore, you know, reunion, but they, and they did not ID at all. No, that's why everyone was able to go there, but I would only go during happy hour on Fridays, not because of happy hour, but that's when they would play eighties rock and eighties metal. That was the only time I would go. And yeah, they would play sweet child of mine, you know, the very generic light, you know, of, of rock, but they would always play, we built this city. <laughs> I guess that was cool for the college kids, I guess, but, uh, it's I, a classic, I, like fun, cheesy song. Yeah, I, I guess so. You know, um, I guess so, but it's interesting. Uh, you bring up starship because that's obviously a conversation we've had for a long time. 
uh, about name changes. I, I remember you specifically. It's still in my head. Whenever I think of D. Snyder and that Rose and Roses comment he made years ago. Yeah, who you had on the show, I know. Right. So I think of you. It's like it's like anything. Like you hear a song, you remember a certain time in your life or where you were. Sometimes I hear a certain phrase. I just think of you talking about that to me on the show. That's it. More than D. Snyder. Well, and you know what I remember? It. I remember when D brought it up, the thing that was interesting and that gave me a new perspective on it was he said, like, his daughter at the time, who was much younger, he said she wouldn't be able to tell you uh, Axl Rose, but she'd know who Slash is. And he's like, I think Slash is the more recognizable guy to, like, the extremely casual, you know, music fan. I think so now because Slash is just a top hat. You know, I should, I, I'm, <laughs> to the, the, the layman, long, curly, black hair, top hat. Axel has changed his look so often that people like, if they see him now, wait, that's Axel Rose. And it's, I think it's more jarring uh, because I'm not going to get into his, you know, when someone's approaching 60, they're not going to, same thing with the voice. They're not, it's not the same, but Axel has constantly changed his look. So it's not like you've grown up with him slash. I feel like you've grown or grown old with him in a way. And same thing with, you know, maybe Duff has a little bit of a Benjamin Button disease. He looks younger. <laughs> but I, I could argue that now with Slash because he's branded himself more. Uh, there is a... I, I haven't... Sometimes with the Guns N' Roses stuff, I, I... And I admit it, maybe the fans are better than I am. I don't want to sometimes like go a deep dive when things are too conspiracy theory. But there is a conspiracy... You know, there are some online documents. Who knows what's real now? That Axel finally... Uh, he trademarked his name. Axel Rose. Hmm. So okay. if that's real, what does that mean? You know, so th there's a lot of speculation there. And, and sometimes maybe in a future episode, maybe we can say we have you on again, uh, you know, because we haven't done uh, just a GNR bullshit talk back and forth. We can dive deep into GNR conspiracy theories. That's an idea. Yeah, I actually have not heard that one. And that, that is pretty interesting. And, and also one thing I was going to add with maybe Slash being more recognizable, and, and this is one of those things that we all know as hardcore fans that actually criticize Slash for, Slash was more accessible when he was, you know, uh, uh, collaborating with people like Fergie and all that. Axel doesn't really do that. He doesn't care about, uh, I don't think, like appealing to this generation of music fans. No, the, he, he collaborates with Sebastian Bach. Um, I'm crossing my fingers. There's a ACDC collaboration. I don't know yeah. um, this, I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory or what it was, uh, but recently there were pictures that were posted on the ACDC website of what looked like a video set uh, with the reunited band and they were taken down shortly after. Again, this yeah, can mean so Yeah, people are saying things. Brian Johnson back maybe. Um, right, but even if yeah. he is back, who's to say that Axel isn't on an al the album? To, to do one song or to do a, a duet with Brian? Because it really would be a shame if Axel DC was just that one bracket in time. But we can talk about that more later because we got Donnie V coming in. Uh, if nice. I hang up on you by accident, uh, I apologize. Hey, Donnie. Brandon, how you doing? Doing well. On the other line with us also is my, uh, my friend, uh, current friend, former co-host of the show, but I wanted to bring him on, uh, Ian Scotto. Uh, so he'll be hanging out with us uh, today as well. Hi. How you doing, yes, Ian? Sir. Doing good, man. I'll probably yeah. mention it on the show, but I got like a random follow from you a few weeks ago. I'm like, oh, cool. Donnie V is following me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, hey, it could be worse people. 
<laughs> of course. <laughs> and I like your... Could be, could, could be the police following you, you know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I like your handle, by the way, Donnie, uh, King of Power Pop. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that's uh, just what people started calling me. And then I said, well, they started looking around. I go, well, I guess who else would be there? <laughs> when did that nickname come about? Because that's that's a, like a, that's a big nickname. You know, you could, that, that, there's a lot of people who might want to steal that from you, but to be, you know, call, have other people call you that. It's not like you call yourself that. Other people give you that nickname. So when, when was the first time? Uh, Probably, I don't know, within the last year. Oh, okay. Um, you know, after uh, Beautiful Things and uh, finding out that there's, there's not a whole lot of artists that are in this genre that at uh, their 20th record, it's still putting out something, you know, better than, than the last record each time consistently. And so it was kind of, uh, I mean, I, I don't really know of many at all. If, you know, but, uh, not to toot my own horn, but I just, uh, was so thankful and, and, uh, it's just, uh, it blows me away how they, they see song ideas still are, are given to me from the powers that be or wherever they come from, you know? And, uh, and what they what they do for you know the inspiration and the things that they do for the fans of what they tell me, you know, and um, and with that, you know, it started to uh, that name started getting getting tossed around and then led on from one to another, and then next thing you know, I just, I looked at it and I go, I like that, you know, and I took a picture uh, for we our, our one and only show. We, we were getting geared up to go out and support the record and perform live and with the band and stuff. And, uh, we got one show in, which was, uh, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of disasters went on in that show, but there was a photo shoot. Tom Lou shot it. And, um, uh, my, my artist, Lee Stokes, he went and, uh, put me on a, you know, the, I don't know if you've seen the picture sitting in like a throne and yeah. all the stuff around it. And he put the King of Power pop on her and I just kind of, I just stuck went with it. I said, I, I like the sound of that. And there's a few people, you know, that'll, uh, that think that's a really egotistical or, or this and that. And, you know, you can't worry about all that shit. They've been taking shots at me forever, you know, <laughs> but, but people like Xander and, and other artists like that there, they've, uh, kind of given me their blessing on that. I think it's cool. Actually, I posted that when, uh, your rep emailed me, you know, just one of the songs off your last album. I guess she, uh, they wanted me to have an official, you know, recording of it. Um, but that's the, the sh when I teased that you were coming on. That's the picture that I shared when you were just surrounded by. And I mean, I kind of was overwhelmed by the amount of work that you've put out. Like I had no idea. I mean, I obviously I know the solo and enough's enough. But do you ever like when you saw that picture again? You could see it on my on my social media. In addition to. Donnie V's, the amount of work that you've put out so far, and you're obviously still doing it. Yeah, well, when I saw it, you know, it, it's the magnitude of it didn't hit me. We just did a, Chip and I just did a licensing deal and um, for got all of our Nuffs Enough catalog under one under one roof now with Cleopatra, and uh, they're discussing, um, you know, do my solo catalog as well. And uh, so... I was just looking at what, what I'm going to include in this deal. And so I just asked a couple of the fans, 
hey, has anybody got a list of, because I've done so much stuff besides my official release records of other little things and other little records and this and that throughout the years. And um, I asked if somebody uh, had a list, you know, and because I've forgotten. And they sent me the list and then that picture. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I can't believe that. It's like, there's it's so much. And I'm like, you know, man, I was a busy boy. And, you know, sometimes I, I get down on myself and look at how, you know, there's been a struggle and a struggle and a struggle. And, uh, you know, sometimes you can get to a point where you say, shit, you know, it's, it's, it's all, all behind me. And, um, and um, you know, did I waste, you know, waste it all, you know, like, getting fucked up or stuff like that. And then when you look at something like that, you're like, I don't think I wasted it at all. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it, it's also kind of a rarity too, because I feel like a lot of people from your era, they do a lot of touring, but they don't do a lot of traditional, uh, you know, release for obvious reasons that, you know, we just know that a lot of bands from your era, it's like bands want to hear the classic songs. Unfortunately, there's those bands who are like, I don't care about the new stuff. So what you've done is definitely outside the, the grain of that. You haven't done a lot of touring, yet you've consistently put out releases. Yeah. Um, as far as that goes, it's like I've been out of, uh, you know, I did a lot of, we did a lot of playing for, for uh, you know, t- over 26, 27 years with Enough's Enough, you know. And, and uh, in that respect, I've played a lot. You know, what I mean, every little shithole from here to Timbuktu, <laughs> you know, throughout throughout all those years, you know, even there was the ups and downs, you know, and then some ups again and then downs. And uh, and so um, when I left the band this this final time, um, I uh, got myself into a, well, I ended up getting myself into trouble. And uh, I come back from Europe, our acoustic solo thing, and uh customs were waiting for me and uh i was dragged back to uh out to michigan for uh to face some charges of some crap you know and i was pretty much uh you know when when Bonnie v gets bored there's trouble you know what i mean and so <laughs> okay so uh i ended up getting in going to jail and <clears throat> and getting a, a sentence to, instead of going to to jail was uh was offered this uh, it was called adult treatment court and um it's like a nearly two year period of time where, uh, you, you know, it finally break you down to like, if you're building a house, break you back down to the foundation mm. and then rebuild instead of slapping band-aids on and trying to, you know, and so I went through a complete transformation and, and to turn, to get to the state of mind and state of, uh, of, uh, you know, just spiritually and everything of where I, I've been trying to get to and wanted to be for all those years. And, uh, you know, and I, when I came out of it, you know, nothing, I hadn't written anything for like, it was like three or three years or something. And not a song idea, which is very rare for me. And when I finished up that program, you know, I just kind of questioned the, to the heavens, you know, is this going to happen again? And right away, the beautiful things, you know, uh, songs started coming to me like one after another. And, um, so, you know, as far as touring goes, you know, there's, it's not a real, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to be out there and, uh, you know, confusing motion with progress and scratching and clawing, you know, opening for cock rock bands or being in that, that whole type of thing. Cause, uh, I was kind of, you know, trying to make a fresh start. I felt reborn, you know, it's, uh, it was my best record ever. And, you know, I, 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 
you know, so many bad or just things went wrong throughout after the release or after the record was, was finished, like with the pledge thing falling apart and you know, them fucking taking all the money and everything and then going over to, a, you know, this little label and uh, just everything just was ridiculous and never got a, it just didn't get a really proper chance to be set up and, and, you know, so, you know, to get out back out there scratching and clawing and playing things for, for, you know, very little money and, uh, on, on bills that don't make sense for what I do just isn't, uh, this isn't good for me emotionally or spiritually or, mm. or health wise. You know what I mean? I got to maintain and keep my uh, level headedness and keep, my sobriety, I'm five years clean now. Congratulations. And, uh, yeah, after 45 years, you know, I mean, of all that other shit. It's, and, it's uh, never too late. It doesn't make sense, you know, but with when you're looking at uh, that much work, looking at, uh, you know, a three-hour show, you know, to touch back through all the years and this and that, you know what I mean, and not just playing the same set list that I played with Enough's Enough for all those years, but all those other records, you know, the fans that want to see me, our, de- our diehard dedicated fans that that really love all of the stuff. And like you said, you know, the, most artists aren't still doing their best work yet at this point. And um, it's like, uh, I, I just foresee something differently. I can go out and do like sort of events, not just uh, tours or something where you're playing, you know, you got Tuesday through Thursday, you know, where you got to hit Bellevue, South Dakota and whatever, you know, uh, Joe's hamburger stand here and there and <laughs> and uh, like I can you know make shows events and you know promote them pop, uh, properly and uh, like with my first show and they're getting ready to do more you know it's it's people can't get in the club you know what I mean and that's and that's for for the, out of the integrity and the respect for for everything all the music throughout the years and I just think that that's a better way to go because you make more money in one show than you would in uh, three weeks. You know what I mean? Out there and uh, doing little dumps and stuff like that or in opening slots or whatever because for some reason, you know, enough's enough even, I think, is a cut above most of those bands sure. personally and to my taste to still be opening like what Chip's doing with continuing on with enough's enough what he's doing, you know, opening up for you know, some of these bands that, you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say. Sure. Uh, no, they're, they're still just, doing, they're still in dual. It, I guess it's just uh, two different ways to look at it. You could still go out there and do your thing, but you, it is a grind and you already experienced the grind and that came with success. You know, so when yeah, you, I mean, the band, the band making a thousand bucks, you know what I mean? For the whole band and stuff and having to do all that grueling shit, you know, that's what it's, it's been devalued to. And, um, as we're, you know, I can make, you know, between five and 10 grand for one show, you know, with merchandising and everything. And I just, you know, you're, you're kind of are, you are what you present, you know what I mean? Uh, like you've got two Chinese restaurants, one charges a hundred dollars a plate. The other one charges six ninety nine for all you can eat. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I, I used to know some guys I, with the distance the difference. The one guy told me it's cause I, I give you less and charge you more. And so people just automatically, you know, uh, respect that. You know what I mean? And uh, and it, so it is. You are what what you present is is who you are. You know what I mean? If you go out there and, 
and play, you know, open for, you know, I'm not going to name any bands, but you open for yeah. any <laughs> I was like, who, I was actually wondering, I'm like, hmm, what I've, band is he going to throw out? There? I've done that. I've just done that too many times. And, <laughs> and, you know, a lot of these people that I've done that with, even though it's not my bag of music, they've become good friends and, and I respect what they're, what they're, they've been doing and trying to do. And it's, it's not their fault that their songs aren't. <laughs> no, I understand. <laughs> but even those but, bands, you know, I'll, I'll say it, you know, and this is a, uh, this is somebody I feel that, that, and this is not even that, that you have your era. Uh, he's on Twitter all the time. The guy from trapped. And that's more my, I'm, I'm, I just turned 37. That's like what I heard in college. And the guy, he's just a very nasty person on, on Twitter. And that's the only reason why he's gotten any sort of notoriety. They had that one song headstrong and they're still going out on tour with that brand. And I guess he still makes some kind of money with that. So it's interesting, and I respect you for so many things that you just said. For one, just being so open and honest about, because I do this on the show as well, about sobriety. Um, it'll be, it's almost four years since my last drink, uh, or oh five goodness. years. I think five years. I think we're both five guys. Yeah, we're both five. <laughs> High five. Good for you. Good for you. It's, yeah, it's, and it is, thank you. It, it is tough, but it, you can take the easy route, like maybe some bands that just had a song and it's putting a brand up there, but you're, it, you're, you've decided to, I mean, I, you seem to be friendlier, I guess, with Chip, but you're not part of Enough's Enough. You could just take the easy way out and tour on that and be on some decent bills or cruises. Uh, that seemed like a lot of fun, like they do those, those 80 metal cruises. Uh, but you seem to just yeah. want to put all of that behind you and focus on, because, well, right? I don't consider that the easy way out. Okay. I consider that, uh, I consider that still, you know, dirt under your nails it's uh you know for that kind of money and, and what's involved in all of that okay. you know it's uh it's just you know when you have you know just by getting clean you feel a lot more self-respect and uh and uh you know what i mean your, your value you feel your value has gone up not to mention your value and your output has has gone up you know sure. increased and uh you might not get as many chicks because love is a drinking game <laughs> <laughs> <I> mean, but, <laughs> but uh you know it's uh you got to keep that, and especially at my age. And uh, I don't, uh, I don't choose to. I would rather just not, not do that than to do that anymore. It's, uh, it's just no fun for me. And um, you know, and they don't rehearse or any stuff like that. Well, I, that was one big problem I had with the band is I wanted to rehearse. I wanted to make new records, this and that. And it was, uh, you know, just writing on those two songs. You know. Um, and I consider those, you know, baby songs. I was a little, I was a baby. I just started writing. I wrote new thing of Fly High Michelle and those records, you know, and, mm. and they've, I've considered that they've gotten better and that the fans agree that, you know, the songs have, have evolved and, and go to strive to uh, raise the bar each time and to, re, you know, to just rely on those two songs. And you see where, you know, you might have one good show in a, in a week. If you get that, you know, and in certain markets you go to like England or something like that, you'll play a few good shows, but just for that to have just those couple, then everything in between, it's, um, I would just rather not do that. And that's where Chip and I, uh, uh differ, you know, he's, uh, he just likes to be out there smoking pot with everybody and just, you know, basically he's doing it for almost no money. You know what I mean? And um, I don't know how he pays his bills or anything. But, uh, <laughs> but well, recently I can because we just got a little chunk of money. But I thought it was but, cool uh, that you, you took part in his – wait, no, you didn't take part in 
in Diamond Boy. That was the first Enough's Enough album no. without. But the, the the last one he did, wasn't there one uh, just after that that you were on one song of that? Yeah. Or that's an, okay. so, yeah, well, Diamond, Diamond Boy, I didn't even know that that was, uh, that he's going to actually release a new Enough's Enough album after, you know, to, to do that after the integrity and the body of work that the predecessors, I wouldn't ever dream that, that that would be a move that he would make. Mm. Or would that make any sense? You know, I figured if you're going to do another Nuffs and Up record, you got to have me, of course. You know, I'm the, the writer and the singer that you're, that's known for. And um, so that one came out. And there was a lot of animosity because there's other business uh, business moves and different moves that were made in that camp that really I felt violated. And, uh, you know, just out of lack of having legal, uh, you know, to, to do the ends justify the means. And... Um, Went around to the second time when I hear he's got another record getting ready to release, you know, because um, I released Beautiful Things, he released Diamond Boy. And so, you know, that's kind of a big ha-ha. I mean, like, <laughs> the music does the talking. But as he's going to release another one. And then with the pandemic came and everything, it's like thinking, you know, at the beginning of it, like, I can maybe possibly never see this guy again, you know? And um, so just started talking, uh, obviously, this... Um, this uh, licensing deal came up, which was uh, the main reason we started talking. And it was my birthday. He wished me a happy birthday. And it opened the, the doors. And um, wow. it's nothing else for emotionally and spiritually for me. It, I'd rather, I love loving him. I hate hating him. And that wasn't working out for me. And so, you know, I started talking and I just, you know, I was you know, very curious of his agenda. What is your agenda? You know, the fans, obviously, this isn't what the fans want. Um, you know, this is in this is what you want. You know what I mean? Um, and said, you know, like for the fans sake and for the, for the sake of, you know, our baby enough's enough that we had even how bigger or small it became, you know, just, uh, that body of work and everything. I said, you know, at least I'm offering to, uh, I'll contribute a song, you know? So there's one new thing of what they're used to and what they've grown to love about the band and everything. And, uh, okay. he agreed. And I had a song that was, it fit, it was heavier and, and fit, uh, you know, the old genre, it kind of picked up where dissonance would have left off and, uh, sent it to him. He said, yeah, that's, that's great. And, uh, and so I just retracted, got him play bass and sing some harmonies on it. And, uh, he put it on there and, and, you know, um, I'm sure mo like a lot of his interviews have gone and m most of mine that, you know, like just now we're discussing it now, you know, and, uh, and, uh, obviously, you know, has, has impact on the fans and like I thought it would. And, um, you know, that, that opened the door to be able to, uh, talk and, uh, be and, and not just discuss bullshit, you know, to laugh about, you know, the best and, and worst things I've ever gone through in my life were with him, you know, and, mm. and to be able to look back and laugh and everything. And, uh, and, uh, you know, now there's, there's a door possibilities are open. There's things in the future that are, that are sitting, uh, getting right, might possibly be set on the table. And, and, uh, if those happen, you know, at, at one point that door was nailed shut as far as I was concerned, mm. but it's not now. And, um, it just, it, it works better for me. It works better for the fans. That's what the fans want to hear. They don't want to hear the bullshit. They don't want to hear me bitching. Mm. They don't hear all that shit. And, uh, you know, love them again. We chat, we talk, you know, there's, uh, if he needs something, I'm there. And if I need something, he's there. And, um, 
like I'm, I can't tell you one thing that, that people will, will see not not too uh, distant future be a little surprised but uh sorry I think you know what I'm I have completely forgotten what we were talking about I did want to ask you one thing kind of to tie it into Guns N' Roses since you know it is appetite for distortion what you were saying was interesting about like the integrity of the band name being the primary songwriter the singer and and we've had people on the podcast in the same situation like we had Darren Miller on from CKY that band is going on without him and the same thing as you, the primary singer, songwriter, guitarist in the band. Um, I'm just wondering maybe as a music fan, how did you feel about Axl Rose carrying on with the name Guns N' Roses? Do you think that sacrificed the integrity of, you know, a legendary band? Well, it, whether it did or not musically, because I'm not very familiar with that record or whatever, but I know as far as the illusion and, um, and, you know, when you got something that's that magical, Appetite for Destruction, you know, it was that magical. And the follow-up was, was pretty strong as well. That um, I know from my, my point of view perspective, you know, as a fan of music as well, I, I'm not, I don't dig it. And I'm not very interested in a band where they're all of a sudden the singer has gone. You know what I mean? And uh, the main writer and everything's changed about it. And so that's, that's just my, from my perspective, it, you know, you have to be probably somebody who's just such an avid fan and such a collector that they'll buy the stuff just to have everything in the collection. Mm-hmm. I mean, not like going out and getting that, can't wait to get it and listen to like, you know, a lot of the Enough's Enough bands and Enough's Enough records and my solo records. They can't wait to get it. Can't wait to hear it. And, and like the, my latest records, people would say, I can't even take it out of the thing. And that's very, I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just going by what actually you know, because I interact I'm in hands-on contact with the fans all the time now. And, uh, you know, it's just what I hear. And it's, a, it's, it's the same way I look at it. I'm sure you do, too. I'm sure almost everybody does, you know. And it's like, why, you know, why do that? You can't figure out some way to uh, keep the chemistry and to keep the magic of, of what all your fans have giving you this cool job to do. You know, as opposed to digging or because most musicians, what else would they be doing? Uh, these rock star guys, if they weren't that, you know, what I mean, it's the remedial jobs, you know, McDonald's, digging, mowing lawns, stuff like that. And, and you can't, uh, I can understand now through certain politics and different things of where somebody could just be, I just, on principle, I just refuse to even talk to that motherfucker again, you know, but, but, uh, if you, if there's a way, to not let that be because look at with Guns N' Roses you know they're out touring and everything I mean outside of the states I you know I didn't really hear about a lot of tours and, and I didn't hear much about that record you know what I mean as opposed to uh, when Slash and uh, Duff you know came back for a tour or something like that all of a sudden it's all over the place mm. you know so people care again and um, it's not even I mean, just, it's just the lineup and the magic it's something again you, you said that's so I'm so glad that you said it. It's the quarantine that happened and you're like, I may never see this guy again. And a door that was once shut, just like the door with Axel and Slash, they, right. it's, it's, it's not anymore. You know, we'll, we'll see what the, the future holds for you and Chip. But I just think, as you just said, emotionally, to not have that, you know, to not hate him, to, you know, I, I think that it's, that's important. I would have appreciated that. I'm glad, you know, Axel and Slash and Duff on stage together again, but you know, I would have just been happy if 
Axel and Slash. Okay, we're just, I was happy when that article came out. I remember when Blabbermouth put it out that Slash said, we're friends again. And I was just happy about that. So for you, when you just said, you know, about you and Ship and possible future stuff and, you know, that, that door's no longer nailed shut, that, that makes me feel good as a fan. Yeah, as not, much as the music, not. you know, it's the people that make up the band. Like I said, it's not so much the quality or, or whatever. It's just uh, it's the actual um, chemistry. It's uh, what what actually what obviously worked. You know, Appetite for Destruction or you know our stuff that that worked that did the job. You know what I mean? And um, and you know those are your fans. They, they I mean, they, you know, Van Halen was a, was the greatest example of that. Even though Sammy Hagar is amazing, and that Van Halen was really great. But you know, when it was wasn't Dave, it wasn't that right. was the chemistry. Right, that was the chemistry. That was the thing that made it so special. That made them Van Halen, as opposed to making them just another amazing um, hard rock band with a great guitar player. Which you, at a point you couldn't swing a dead cat without finding one of those. <laughs> you know what I mean? But to make it Van Halen, you know, it wasn't necessarily Dave was any better. He just was Dave, and that's what people uh, people embraced and fell in love with, and so. You know, it's that, it's for the fans and, you know, and also for yourself, for yourself as an artist, you know, you can always do whatever you're doing and your other stuff outside of that. But uh, for yourself, you know, just to have that connection to what you've done and what did work and to, uh, you know, to keep that, it's like a, like having children. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can get, you can get remarried and have new children or this and that and they might, and the last one from the last marriage might be a piece of shit or whatever, but that was your original, your original kid, you know, and you got to love them. And, and, uh, this is, you know what I'm saying? I do. I'm curious. It's just, it's just that chemistry and what people, yeah. you know, I mean, still, even though beautiful things was, was great. And, um, the diamond boy thing wasn't, they, people weren't really responding that favorably to that. There's still fans every day would be on my page. You know, I sure wish you and chip would get back together, you know, this and then like, well, tell me, what am I missing? You know, what, what am I lacking here? Or, and, you know, my old theory was, well, you know what? I think that you and your ex-wife, you should get back together because I thought you made a cute couple. <laughs> I mean, it, it's kind of like the same analogy. And, um, but I get it. I totally get it because I, I look at it as the same way, you know, well, even you, with you Aeros Aerosmith without Joe Perry, that was, right. it was lame, you know, it just wasn't the same. And so, you know, you can do your own thing too. Well, same thing now, like, you know, Bon Jovi puts out a song. It doesn't have Richie Sambora, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of weird, but I understand uh, yeah. obviously relationships fracture, but, and, and, but time, and that's what makes me feel good. Time seems to have, uh, you know, healed this wound uh, to a degree for the bands that we're, we're currently talking about. I'm curious since you've, you know, you, you've been around uh, a bit, what is have you seen a Van Halen back in the day? Have you seen a Guns N' Roses back in the day? What are like some big shows that you've either played on or you know, like what's your favorite concert you've either played or been to? I, I just want to know some of your, you know, uh, well, as, as a fan history, you know, of, of cool things that you've experienced. Well, that I've been to, yeah. I mean, Van Halen was, uh, you know, I was a kid, you know, I was probably just fresh out of, or just, you know, well, I can't say graduated high school because obviously that didn't happen, but, you know, in the middle years of high school and then, you know, Van Halen, I remember when Jamie's crying, I heard that and he really got me and stuff. And I, I thought it was really cool until I went to the show and, uh, it was just explosive. You know what I mean? And it's like rock stars, 
you know, I've always loved music. I've always loved these, I've had heroes and idols, you know, but like Kiss, I never went and seen Kiss, you know, live and stuff. And I think they're a great band, but the, you know, the live show obviously uh, outweighs, I think the music personally, but I love Kiss, but you know, stuff like that, you know, great bands and shit. And then you go see Van Halen, you know what I mean? Uh, with Dave in the early days, it's like, Jesus Christ, you know? So that was one of them or my, my first big concert, I do believe was Rush on the moving pictures for, or all the world's a stage or whatever. And this was in uh, was, Chicago. Uh, this is growing up in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Alpine Valley. It's, it's close to Chicago. It's where okay. you used to have to go to see the, the outdoor sheds. And I remember, uh, then years later, standing on that stage, looking back out at the tree where, where I, my, you know, my lawn seat where I had watching that and just, you know, remember and thinking, uh, wondering what's going on, this and that, and then standing there looking at it and playing there, you know, uh, as far as, as far as playing, there's, uh, there's been some really, really key highlights, uh, throughout my career. You know, I mean, there's bands that were amazing to play with just for the, the sake of really respecting and loving the bands and the way they treat you. Know, overall, I'd say Def Leppard was uh, <clears throat> was the the best you know band that I really loved and respected. And also how what kind of people they were. You know, uh, did we did go? Did we did one with Foreigner at one time when Baby Loves You was a hit out in Florida and played to like three hundred fifty thousand. Wow. So that's you know that's a that's a big one. You know, but. You know, other than that, you, your whole the whole thing's like a blur. You know what I mean? Sure. It's sure. The, the bigger the show, the less you actually have interaction with the people. It's like there's less people as far as you're concerned than if, if you're playing a club or something where everybody's in your face. You know what I mean? Yeah. So hey, uh, one one thing I wanted to ask you about it, and I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but I always just think it's interesting to ask fans of uh, that era. You know, there was like the first wave of the 80s bands, the glam bands, you could say hair bands, whatever genre you want to put it in. And, and you know, enough stuff had very much their own sound. So it's hard to even group you guys in. But there was the, you know, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, and all these bands had massive success. You guys were in the very late stage once you were signed and it had an album out, you know, in the same camp as basically Warrant and Slaughter and those type of bands. So... I'm just curious if you said, you know, if enough's enough put out an album, the debut album five years earlier, do you think you guys would have had like a more massive success? Um, well, first of all, we caught the eighties by November of 89, our record came out, you know, mm -hmm. and, which, which is crazy. And that's like, I think warrant is in that same camp. Well, they were out a little bit, a little bit before us. I remember, uh, when we were trying to figure out what Chip's last name would be, they were already big and stuff. So that was pretty early in, but, um, it had, had, I think things gone a little differently. Had it been five years earlier, obviously I'd have been 17 or 16 or something and just starting, but I never envisioned myself in a band like that, uh, that style of, uh, production and that kind of guitar player and drummer. And Chip and I had a lot in common. We had the same kind of vision, but, with the label and everything, there seemed to have, uh, you know, these major labels, especially when they were scrambling at the end there of the, of that era, they were just like, you know, it was a stamping, let stamp them out like a machine, you know, make more like this, make more like this. And it worked for, you know, a couple of singles, a couple of videos, because obviously the, we sounded so much different and, you know, and, but we were kind of on the fence there. We didn't pick a lane and, 
so therefore lost that whole uh, carving our own niche that is unaffected by the times and stuff, you know, like say a Tom Petty or U2 or something like that, you know, that the teaching can go for years and years and it's just them. It's like, it doesn't matter what the new, uh, the new genre, you know, what's, right. what's the new craze and stuff like that, which, which it should, I, you know, I mean, everything that could have possibly have gone wrong went wrong for the band. So it just wasn't destined. And I didn't believe, you know, my gut instinct was, uh, this happened too fast. This was a fast track and, you know, and my heart wasn't really in, into, uh, you know, just the arts itself, but, you know, all of that, you know, big top Rocky, uh, rock star and shit like that, you know, that just didn't sit well with me and fuck my anxiety, bad anxiety problems. I just started medicating and thank God the music didn't suffer, but everything else did. And we, we just, uh, got swept up, swept out with, you know, the waves that came in and washed off, but rightfully so. It was just like, it was oversaturated with those kind of bands now, you know, with, uh, I don't even consider their their hits even were even that great, you know what I mean? And there's it's just was too many of them. And it was time for that to go, but uh, you know, I, I was young. I didn't have the experience, and who walks away from that huge deal and stuff like that in that situation? And uh, yeah, I mean, one month in, in the earlier '80s, you know, it was Van Halen and Poison and stuff like the original ones and those and Motley Crue, those were the original ones and those were fantastic. You know, that was huge. That was, you know, but then they start churning out, trying to be, uh, you know, clones of that stuff right. and, um, and things, you know, imitating that stuff, which that's, that's, there's, what's the point of even, I guess you're not really an artist. All you just want to be is a rock star. You just want to get laid and get, you know, be famous and not have to work. You know what I mean? What? Basically, you know what I'm talking about it's like do your own thing, carve your own niche, and and with the look, there was no way even without makeup and stuff. My band was very cool looking, you know. But you got guys <laughs> like like Derek Frigo with the big hair and all that stuff, yep. and and the label just you know didn't uh, didn't put a lot of effort or direction <clears throat> into <clears throat> into the image of the band. You know what I mean? And and just they knew that that by uh, you know, making that like the new thing or fly on shell video. They knew those would be successful, but that wasn't, they weren't thinking in the best interest of uh, the longevity of the band. They're thinking about, they were kind of just opening up and then ended up shutting down real quickly. But um, like our management, we, we fired our original manager because we didn't have an actual manager. He wasn't, he wasn't worth a shit. And then there's going to be Dot McGee and Dot McGee got really busy with uh, Russia and all that stuff. And, and they handed us off to Herbie Herbert, who's already semi-retired. And by the time Herbie Herbert got involved, damage was already done. We had already sure. done those videos. And uh, like when we left uh, Echo Atlantic and we were shopping for a new deal, you know, we were up for a few of them. But Geffen was one. Glogner liked the one of the band. And, and he had just done what he did with Aerosmith. Is what he is, his, his pitch to us was, that's what I'm going to do with you guys. Don't even count on having a record out or anything for over a year. And that didn't sound so great to everybody compared to Clive Davis, who's, you know, the the presentation party and everything he was, you know, just enamored with, uh, but it was only the, 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 the ballads, you know, it's all he cared about. And uh, ultimately uh, there was a lot of hinting around of, of me leaving the band and, and staying with him as an artist. And uh, a lot of guys, 
don't, don't refuse to uh, admit that to themselves or will ever admit it in press or anything. But that's what was going down. And Clive Davis, uh, he walked me around his office right before we left. And, you know, and he's got his arm around me and he's looking at all the pictures on his wall, all these greats, you know what I mean, that he's worked with. And he, he told me, he goes, Donnie, he goes, you belong up there. Huh. He says, you're, you're one of those. He goes, but uh, the minute you start doing something that's, that's not 100% just you, out of the shell goes, you start taking away from what you do. And, uh, that made a lot of sense to me. And that's basically what I always believed. And, um, you know, I made a big change as far as, you know, all of that. And it's just from that point forward, I didn't, you know, I didn't give a fuck what anybody said or had thought of anything. I just was myself and uh, what you see is what you get. And still to this day. Clearly. And obviously those words have, have stuck with you. So with all the, everything that you've learned, uh, sober, you know, healing relationships. So where does that put you now? What I know you just released a, you know, a record not too long ago, but what are you working on now? Like, can you give us some hints on what, what's, uh, what's the come from, from you, Donnie V? Yeah, well, obviously beautiful things never got to get supported, never got the live support and stuff. So yeah. it, uh, it's a poor record because it's so fucking great of a record and I didn't want to give up on it. And so with that label, you know, that was the only contract, you know, that I had with them was that record, which, uh, you know, I did out of necessity. But, um, uh, so after that record and after we couldn't go back out to work, I was like, well, let's, let's go, let's start releasing some singles. That makes more sense financially. And I can pull that off and, and we'll see what you can do. You know, we'll work on, on the merit of this and that, put some singles. And then with the pandemic that, you know, that really made a lot of sense. But um, there was a single released already, and uh, it's as if it not didn't exist. So I just went and took my money from the licensing deal, and I bought myself out of that uh, that label. And now it's um, looking at doing something else. But for right now, it's mine. And we got a new a new single coming out uh, next month, and we're shooting a video for it. And within the next two weeks, that's that's a, a lot of really amazing miraculous things have come to the party for this and the song is called party time and the song is probably the most commercial commercial uh song i've ever written that's that's got you know possibilities for you know all kinds of things commercials or this and that sports things when you hear it you'll understand nice so that's what that's what's on the, the the agenda right now is releasing this new single and hoping for the best there'll be a lot of cool hashtags in it so it's going to get exposure but um but the, the plan is to try to get uh, this uh, solo, all my records, I've got them all back. Now, all of my records uh, under one roof over there with the Enough's Enough catalog is, is what I'd like to do. We'll see what happens. Awesome. It sounds you know? like you're in a really good place, Donnie. And I, I couldn't be happier for you. And I can't wait to see what's to come. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> Uh, Ian, very curious. There's, yeah. there's gotta be a reason why I'm still here and why the still, God's just still giving me the, the, the strong material, you know, there's gotta be some sort of reason. And you know, hindsight is insight always in your life. You look back and say, yeah. Oh, this wouldn't have happened. This wouldn't have happened. This and that. So I'm curious to see what the deal is and either that or maybe there is no existence. And you know, <laughs> it's just all, all just been, uh, you know, born with the, the golden, uh, horseshoe up somebody else's ass and not mine, you know, well, but we'll see what happens. Someone just uh, once told me who was certainly not as famous as Clive Davis, but just enjoy the ride. 
And I, I try to do that as much as possible. And you have had one hell of a ride and it's certainly not even close to being over. So, uh, yeah, I did enjoy it. <laughs> I didn't appreciate it. I wasn't aware of it going down. Mm. I didn't, uh, I didn't enjoy it. It was a lot of scrambling, a lot of partying and this and that. And the best things I've ever seen and done, you know, I really kind of a fog like memories of the, the actual real memories I have are things that are genuine. And I can remember every, where I was when I wrote every song and the way I produced it and this and that, but all that stuff was just a big old fucking party. And, uh, enjoy the ride something that people would say but you know i mean it's, it's easier said than done oh, and now i'm enjoying the now i'm enjoying the ride it's a ride it's like an, it's the difference between being on the, the big roller coaster at the theme park and riding on the merry-go-round now but <laughs> i'm enjoying i'm enjoying the merry-go-round you know what i mean <laughs> right on right on <laughs> ian unless you have any other talk. questions left uh you know Donnie, I, I just can't think. No, of no, here. this is great, man. Definitely yeah. some great in, insight into your career, and uh, excited to hear what's next. Yeah, imagine whoever's driving. Imagine you're you've been where you were going already. I'm a windbag. <laughs> so keep going, and uh, hey, thank you guys for thinking of me. I, I really appreciate it or, or getting me on here, and um, thank you very much. And and I can never do anything else. You know, call in if you guys have any questions or want to do something, or maybe when the the new single's ready to re-release. We'll uh, hook back up. Yeah, right on, Donnie. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, sincerely. Well, thank you very much. You know, they're good. There's always other interviews of telling the dirty road stories and shit like that, the funny <laughs> shit. So, you can always do that one, too, you know. But All thank right. you guys very much. Good <laughs> we'll, stuff. we'll save that for part two. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> thank you guys very much. Stay safe, okay? You too. Take care. All right. Thank you. All right, Ian. I'm still here. I, you always ask the, those good, very poignant questions about that, that time oh, thanks, period. Man. That's why I wanted well, you yeah, on. That, yeah. And that's one thing I did. I, I didn't know if it was exactly 1989 or 1990, but there's a bunch of bands who got stuck in that time period. It was like Nelson and, uh, you know, whatever you think of these bands and, and Warrant. And it was like the worst time to get a record deal because within a year Nirvana is huge Pearl Jam. And it was like, see you later. I've, I've heard, uh, Jamie Lane, you know, rest in peace, but I've heard him describe in interviews. He's like the moment I saw, uh, the cherry pie album cover, I think it was off the wall of the record label that they were at. And, and I think it was Nirvana or Alice in Chains replaced it. He's like, I knew it was over. And so it's, it was an interesting time for those bands. It was. And uh, I'm just trying to think if there's anything comparable to now, because it seems like the music just seems to all blend into one genre to another, that there isn't like a, a new wave of something, you know, it, and, which I don't, I don't enjoy when every band, every artist and, and it's so much, it's, it's all the same. It's like one giant pool. Like I am all for, you know, all for one. And, and, but it's, I don't know. I am just very proud of people like Donnie and, and and bands of that era that are still putting out music and that do have a very loyal fan base. But with that comes the pandemic and those bands thrived off touring because they're not making new yeah. music, like you said. And it's just, uh, all bands, I feel, I feel man, bad. Un yeah, it's all bands. Yeah, unless, but. It's true because unless you're in a band that's, you know, Honestly, Guns N' Roses, they're going to be fine. Like, let's be real here. Every single member of that band, you know, maybe some of the touring guys, but, you know, the main people that you think of from Guns N' Roses, not, you know, not maybe, maybe Frank or Melissa, but Axel, Slash, Duff, they're going to be fine. They're okay. 
But, um, you know, he's publicly said it like I'm friends with Frankie from Amur, probably one of my best friends in the music industry, I would say. Um, I think he wrote it recently, but he was like, yeah, this this industry is like in my pocket for every little thing. He's like, you realize that no one buys CDs anymore. And then we get like a fraction of a penny from streaming. And the excuse that you hear is, oh, well, you'll make that up in touring. Well, now we can't tour. Now we can't, you know, go out on the road and sell T-shirts as well and make that money. So uh, you're going to see a lot of band, uh, members of bands have to do other things. It's, it's really just, I mean, I don't have to say it. Everybody knows it. It's a really crazy time. I know. It, it, and we don't know what's going to come out of it. You know, we were talking before uh, we went on, uh, started recording, but yeah, there are, you know, experts that say maybe, you know, late next year, 2022. But, you know, even if let's just say there's a vaccine or something, who's to say that people are going to feel comfortable going to concerts right away? I, I don't know. And, if, and we do yeah. know it's going to be, I mean, just logically, it's going to be the smaller club shows before it's the arena shows. Um, but even in that case, a lot of these clubs are going to be gone and are already gone. I mean, I yeah. probably saw just the other week revolution in Amityville, which is by us, which I've seen dozens of shows at gone. Yeah. I, I've same thing. Uh, dozens of shows, uh, it was a local band, uh, midnight mob. I would see them uh, there a yep. lot. Uh, who'd I see? Uh, um, Whitford St. Holmes, uh, Brad Whitford and Derek St. Holmes, uh, when they, I, mean, I saw them. Yes. I saw them there. Yeah, so that was great. Andrew WK, I think that was one of the best. And, and those those close, intimate shows. And, you know, there were some venues that were suffering before then, before this happened. So it's um, it's going to be very interesting how these artists go forward. Um, I don't like that. I'm, I'm reading some articles about Facebook wanting to not have artists, you know, live stream shows. I, it's going to be very interesting. And that's why, you know, we don't need to support, we don't need to financially support Guns N' Roses. You know, they, I had, I'm still holding on to my ticket, which is going to be, I guess, good for next year or whatever. So I do in a way financially support them. But if you have a chance, you know, to, to get something from, from Donnie V or any of these upcoming artists, these new artists that have yet to make a name for themselves, if you want to buy a t-shirt, if you just want to spend a dollar on a download or whatever it is now, um, yeah, and definitely, it. you know, if, if you want to buy it uh, digitally or physical, it's great because uh, I, I feel like some of the fe- like casual fans don't know it, but this audience does like what they make off of streams, no matter what platform, is a total joke. Um, I saw Todd Latore from Queensryche posted the breakdown, and it's crazy. Or I saw, you know, Phil Levante from All That Remains, who's actually a you know, pretty big band. He, he tweeted out, a while back, but I just remember him saying it. He was like, I basically make enough from Spotify to buy a Spotify premium account. If that. <laughs> I don't, something's going to have to happen. I mean, the, the world, we, we created music. The, the music is, I don't want to get too overly corny here, but music is something that is never going to go away. That is part of our, our not just society, but it's part of we are as, as homo sapiens. We're, no matter what time period, no matter where you are in the world, song, singing, music, it's something. How are we going to get that out there? You know, how, what is a, what's going to come through all this? So it's a, it's a scary time. You know, we, we can go this way. You know, maybe it's, we'll save it for the next time you're on, but it's the same thing with the radio. You know, uh, I, I, I'm lucky that I, I, I'm not charging anybody for this podcast. I'm not depending upon this podcast for, for monetary gains. So I'm, I'm lucky, but there are people that, 
you know, their full-time radio job uh, that they don't make money off of. You know, I'm lucky that I have my, my main producing board hopping gig that I'm able to do that and then do this still for fun. Um, it, it's just, I, I think about all my friends who are stand up comedians. It, it's, it's very difficult. It's hard. So, um, I'm glad to see though, that you're, you're doing well. So before we get out of here, kind of, I knew you weren't going to stay away from radio. So just <laughs> tell me, cause obviously I've been following uh, battle line podcast. I get to see your, uh, your co-host sometimes on TV when he, oh, yeah. when he promotes those, uh, Sunglasses. Yeah. Oh my God. Always those military yeah, so, I mean, official doing, sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm doing battle line podcast with Chris Peranto, which has been cool, but believe it or not, it's it, so it's so weird because this pandemic, uh, financially and like career wise for somehow has been good for me. Um, like I've been doing a ton of voiceover and, and my main gig is actually, uh, doing these podcasts for narrative.fm. And I got that through just uh, doing gigs on Fiverr or making like, you know, a little bit of money here and there, but I was consistently working with them and it led to bigger things. So I'm, you know, narrating this in the wild podcast and we have two other podcasts in the works. Nice. Um, like I write some of the scripts, I do the narration. So that's been my main thing. I'm doing some audiobooks as well. I'm working on Jim West's audiobook and wow. it's weird because, uh, Earlier this year in January, I did not have a whole lot going on. I mean, I was doing um, Battle Line, but other than that and, you know, personal training, which I was doing at the time, uh, it wasn't a whole lot. So I don't know. The pandemic, there's, I guess, like a higher demand for voiceover and podcasts. Uh, so I've been busy with that. And yeah, you can check out Battle Line Podcast uh, uh, anywhere you find podcasts uh, on Twitter, Instagram. But uh, one thing I actually wanted to make sure I throw out there before we wrap things up, uh, on the positive end of music, and, you know, because we're talking about a lot of the negatives, I will say there have been some really killer releases uh, during this whole quarantine pandemic. And especially, I have to tell you, the most recent of which, I'm not even a huge Marilyn Manson fan, but I saw Marilyn Manson and had a new album out, and I just decided to preview it and it is incredible i bought it and it, it at least for me this is like an early contender for album of the year i'm, I'm really blown away by it you and uh and jeff bezos have uh you know benefited from this quarantine so i know well sort of for him he also got divorced and now his, his ex-wife is the richest woman in america <sighs> just for being the ex-wife of jeff bezos yeah, whatever. She had to sleep with him. So good for him. Good for her, rather. Uh, yeah, no, I, I get it. Like everyone and their mother has become a podcaster during quarantine. And and, and that's great. You know, uh, I said at the beginning of when we started recording, you're the one who got me into podcasting. At the time, I thought it was silly to do a Guns N' Roses <laughs> podcast. But that was before iHeartRadio and Spotify that, you know, you were on, you were on podcasting before the rest of the world, it, it, it seemed. So I'm glad I've been on this podcast night train for over four years at this point and being able to talk to, you know, the, you know, the Alice Coopers, the Dave Mustaines uh, of the world uh, coming up soon. I'm going to have a uh, Rob Halford. I mean, I, nice. I, I never, I, I never would have been in this position if you didn't say, Hey, we should do a Guns N' Roses podcast. So if I've never said thank you for convincing me to do this, uh, no, that, and, and honestly, you had a bigger, uh, like to give you credit, you had a bigger long-term vision for it. And that's why you've had such amazing guests. Cause I remember really early on 
the reason I thought of it was because of the Guns N' Roses reunion, and I thought we could kind of, um, you know, gain some interest off that. And I remember early on, I wanted to call it Appetite for Reunion. <laughs> but you were saying, you were thinking, like, more long-term. Like, what about when this reunion is uh, worn off? And I wasn't even thinking long-term like that. I was like, well, there's just a lot of interest in the reunion right now. And I I think I originally just thought of it as, like, a short-term thing. Let's see where it goes. And I'm glad you kept it going because, like, the guest list of who's been on here has been just awesome, dude. Yeah, very fortunate. I guess at the time, you know, after we started, like, I'm like, how can I talk about Guns N' Roses for... Well, yeah, they're my favorite band, but I'm going to talk about them straight for an hour. And obviously, there's you kind of li- can though. I mean, there's always there's always well now, new, yeah. Now, now I realize that. So I guess after those first couple episodes, I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then when we started getting some, you know, some even early on, we got um oh why am I forgetting his name? The co-author Anthony Boza from uh, yeah. He wrote, so got, to get him on, I think it was episode three, and Charlie Benanti episode ten, and Dave Kushner episode uh, twenty. Uh, I remember these because these were big milestones, and to, to see the my interviews get picked up and, tra- and transcribed to, you know, the, the alternative nations, the blabbermouth, ultimate classic rock. So it's just like, okay, what am I doing here? I don't. It could be fun with my friend Ian to talk about Guns N' Roses for a while, but I'm in radio. What's the, why am I doing this? So just like when you left, uh, when you left episode thirty nine, <laughs> I was like, what am I gonna do? You know, I'm either gonna be all in. Or I'm just going to stop. You know, I, I this isn't. I think that's where a lot of podcasts fail. It's a, uh, it's 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 a commitment. You know, it, it's it is radio. It's going in. I don't want to say every day, but it's it's going in and doing your shift. It's going in and doing your on air yeah. shift. And if you're not brought up like that, uh, maybe that's something that's you know you think it's fun for a while. It's a nice hobby, but it's that wasn't me. That wasn't me. So I'm obviously I'm glad I'm doing it. It's keeping me sane. As uh, I'm kind of talking to myself now in my apartment, if anyone's looking through the window, which is just crazy, I'm just talking to myself, but it's keeping me busy. <laughs> and it's uh, I've been able to connect with people all, all over the, the world, uh, listeners, and, and obviously, you know, like today, talk to, to Donnie V. <laughs> Uh, and it's just, um, it's just great. So I'm, 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 I, was, I'm, I was very happy to hear when you, because it's been a while uh, for, that you've been with Bat- Battleline, but you know, it was more of yeah, just like, we started it in, in November. Um, and it, yeah, it's just something that we started and it's, it's gone pretty well. Uh, the, the, honestly, like the narrative.fm thing though, has been the, like the main thing, even though the, the battle line is something I created. Well, so, those, uh, those two things, uh, point being, it, it wasn't just like, okay, I'm sad. Ian is leaving the podcast. <laughs> it's more of like Ian has a talent here. You know, it, it would be Thanks, a shame man. that you're welcome. If, if he, doesn't use it, you know, and obviously you do other things, but I'm glad that you are back in this, uh, in this, you know, this field, this ballpark of the, of broadcasting. So, uh, you know, I'm just happy for you, man. So, uh, we will yeah, do man. And at the same time, I still always like to do new things. I think it's just part of my personality and, uh, yeah, I, I but you're right. It's like going on 15 years of doing this for me, uh, just doing anything in radio, but it's, I, you probably noticed this too. It's like a totally different ballpark now. Um, I almost feel like we both learned a lot getting a degree in radio. And at the same time though, I, I, to be completely honest, I also feel like it's kind of useless with the, uh, with it where podcasting is right. Because like you hear about, there's been so many news stories regarding podcasts lately. And I'm sure you heard about this, like the girls who do that caller daddy podcast, like 
I totally not. We're not the demographic for, but like, I don't know. I think that they podcast. were making five. Was, oh, it was a huge what, news. Story. I mean, they were making, I believe, like five hundred grand a piece. They definitely have no traditional radio experience, and it's just completely different than when you and I started. What, what is um, it's Who's Your Daddy podcast? Is that what you just call, said? Call her daddy. It's it, you know, it's like a sex talk podcast. That's why, because look, you know, I, I don't know. Obviously, considering I've never heard of this podcast, I don't know the people who host it. But sometimes, if you sex sells, whether it's a podcast with. You know, I'm just a little five six Jew talking about Guns N' Roses. I'm not going to make five hundred thousand dollars, you know, per episode. No, but I, I even just feel like you know anything digital now, right? Like anything that's blowing up on YouTube, anything that blows up on podcasts. Like I, I know you and I value this stuff, but a lot of people are like they don't care if you know formatics, they don't care if, you know that you have a degree and you've done this or that. Like a lot of stuff that's huge now is uh, like. You've probably seen it. Like, there's kids who do toy reviews on YouTube and make millions of dollars. And I'm like, what am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) I think that to myself all the time. Uh, Yes, I I famously do not make money off this podcast, but, you know, I have a radio job. But, you know, there are people on YouTube and TikTok that are making just too much money that it makes me depressed. And I know, Ian, you you got to hop off now. So I'll wrap up here. And I'll talk to you, the AFD show listener, and I'll actually quote one of you. And it goes to show that, yeah, while anybody can just put on a, you know, turn on a microphone, talk and put their product out there. Well, sometimes, yeah, maybe it'll be successful, but more often than not, it's not successful. And it's more of just like, okay, I have a degree in broadcast journalism. I've worked at this station, that station, this station. It's, it's getting a response like this. So I, I was tweeting yesterday and I happened to make mention, you know, talking about Ian coming back on the show and how it's been over four years since we started this podcast initially. And uh, Cynthia Waller on, on Twitter said, only four years? Wow, Brando, I would have sworn you've been doing it much longer. Well, uh, I'm assuming she meant this because I responded by saying the podcast for four Radio for, wow, I think it's been 19 years. I, I count the, uh, when I started the, the second half of my freshman year uh, in college in 2001. That's where I got accepted into the radio class. So since 2001, I've been doing radio. And so I said, I've been doing radio for 19 years to her. And Cynthia responded uh, that, it's, that it shows. And that just to keep rocking. She's like, well, it shows. Keep rocking, Brando, please. So thank you, Cynthia. Uh, I think that's what's big. You know, anybody can go on and talk about their favorite band, but I think it's it, it's it takes a little something else to shape it into a broadcast. You know, we can get silly from time to time, but we're taking a Guns N' Roses conversation, talking about our favorite band, and we're, you know, other than this, this specific episode and the cool uh, subjects we get it, got into with uh, both Ian and Donnie V, but to do... An episode about depression with uh, Alan Niven and, and talk about mental health uh, with a variety of guests, you know, um, Head from Corn and uh, Sully from, from Godsmack or whether it's talking about Black Lives Matter with Roberta Freeman. And we go all sorts of ways. And I believe somebody with zero war stories, zero battle wounds in the to use a loose uh, analogy in the radio world, they, they can't navigate that. They can't do that. 
nothing makes me cringe more when an unseasoned host or talent goes from one subject to another with, with no rhyme or reason. They just, they're just whatever's in their brain, they're just firing it off. There's too much of that going on in my own brain. I don't need that put down into a podcast and put down into my brain. So that's why we do everything here with the six degrees of GNR bacon. It's always going to tie back to Guns N' Roses one way or another. Some episodes more, some episodes less, but Guns N' Roses every single fucking episode of the AFD show. So while we know Guns N' Roses will be a subject, a topic of discussion for the next episode and every single episode going forward, who will be the next guest? Well, you can always find out on social media. That's how the conversation continues between the broadcasts. So facebook.com slash the AFD show. You can always leave a review also on Facebook uh, at the AFD show on Twitter, Appetite for Distortion on Instagram, uh, on YouTube, Appetite for Distortion, the AFD show. Put our uh, our Zoom interviews, I guess uploaded like 10 or so uh, interviews to the YouTube channel. So they're all there. If you missed uh, the Dave Mustaine interview, if you want to look back and then see Jim Brewer in studio or, or Steel Panther in studio, or if you want to see uh, the fun time that, uh, that I've had with, uh, with Mark from Golden Robot Records, who sent me a beautiful sweatshirt all the way from Australia when we've had, you know, Frank on, um, you know, so there's a lot of good stuff up on YouTube and through any of those mediums, you can submit a, a, a topic, you know, that ties into Guns N' Roses, a guest suggestion. So this is a very tangible, very tangible podcast. All right, so until next time, when will you hear it? When will you see the next episode? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it, I don't know if soon is the word. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.